This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. Let's continue our conversation ahead of tomorrow's National Day for Truth and Reconciliation and reflect on some documentaries that highlight the Indigenous perspective and Indigenous voices. Joining us now to explore that is Michael McNeely in Kingston, Ontario. Hey, good morning, Michael. Good morning. How are you? So, I'm well. So, Michael, today you wanted to highlight some works from filmmaker Alanis Obamsuin. Who is she, and why is she important in Canadian cinema? This is extremely important because I hope that she will outlive the Queen, but I didn't say that out loud. Um, she's an Abenaki American Canadian filmmaker. She's a cinema artist and archivist, and as well as an activist. Um, she's primarily known for her documentary on the Oka crisis, and she's, she's made over 50 documentaries, mostly with the National Film Board. Um, and like I said, she's 90 years old, so I'm hoping she can outlive the Queen and Betty White just so that we have some talented or in a corner for outliving people. Over the course of this week, you watched three movies that were directed by Alanis Obomsuin. Before we get into some of them individually, what was the theme that you drew out of them? Well, Alanis really cares about children. She especially cares about the plight of Indigenous children who live in reserves. Um, And as we will talk more about in this segment... Reserves are funded differently than the rest of Canada. Reserves are funded by the federal government, while the rest of Canada's children's services and education are funded by the provinces. So what Alanis is noticing is that there's a disrupancy, and as a result, children on reserves get less support than their non-native or non-living on reserve neighbours do. So it's... um, it's very interesting to watch her engage and to interact with children. In one of the documentaries, she speaks with a child and learns that the child is dropping out of school at grade seven, and she quickly um, stops being objective. She stops being the person behind the camera, and she tells that child, please go back to school. Please finish your schooling. And so that kind of made me fall in love with Alanis a little bit more because I know that she she really loves children. Let's talk about some of these individual documentaries. And we can't make the same mistake twice. Alanis condenses a nearly 80-day hearing at the Canadian Rights Commission between First Nations Child and Family Caring Services and the Assembly of First Nations against the government of Canada. Why did this court battle happen? So, just as I mentioned before, there's a disrupancy between the um, the funding available, and this this film focuses on the child protective services. And so, what was happening at this time was that there was so little funding on reserves for child protective services that. 
those societies that you mentioned, the Child and Family Caring Society, as well as the um, First Nations Assembly, they they sued the Canadian government for discrimination because they did not have access to the same amount of funding that Child Protective Services would have had in the provinces. So that meant, for example, um, if, if there was a family of seven children that you had concerns about their father or their mother being abusive, you simply didn't have enough services to address the situation on the reserves, and those children would most likely be placed in foster care and would lose their cultural identity. A key visual in this documentary is a teddy bear that sat on the table of the lawyers for the children's advocates. Why was that teddy bear such a powerful piece of imagery? Because if you think about it, every child has a teddy bear in their lives. Did you have a teddy bear, Dave? I did, yes. I had a teddy, well, I had a, I had a stuffed dog. Yes, so did I too. Um, and so I guess one of the statements made in the film is, when your child is placed in foster care, when your child is taken away by the state due to a lack of resources, they, they don't get to bring their teddy bear from home. They're left alone, they're isolated. They, they don't know where to go. They feel unsafe. They feel uncertain about their future. And they have no control over where they're going. They, they can't choose the foster family that they're going to be placed with. And they may never see their parents again. So the, the teddy bear is meant to try and give some support to those children. It's also, you know, like a mascot for the family here in society. But putting the teddy bear on the desk... It's, it's just not everybody know that you're there for the children. Let's turn to a different documentary called Hi-Ho, Mr. Hey. This film introduced you to a national campaign called Shannon's Dream. Who is Shannon and what was the campaign about? So Shannon Kustashin, she, she lived in Ontario. I think she lived on the Catawapiscat Reserve. Um, and there... There was a, uh, as we're mentioning again, due to the disruptions of funding, but this time for education, there was a school that was in very bad shape. The school was mostly just portables, um, and the children were freezing and often, you know, had to track in snow from outside with their boots and, and uh, everything would be wet. Um, those were the kinds of situations that they faced in the school, and many, many children dropped out. So in grade 9, you probably started with about 200 children. By grade 12, there was probably 20 children left due to the dysfunction found in the, in, on the reserve. So Shannon's dream was simply to, um, to, to fight for equality in education, and to ensure that the resources were shared equitably among everyone. Unfortunately, she passed um, because she got into a car accident. So her dream still lives on with us. And um, in that form, her home is to hey, the, the children, both native and non-native children, they go to Geneva in order to advocate for more rights and to live Shannon's dream. Another documentary by Elanis Obamsuwin was called Our People Will Be Healed that also put an importance on the education for Indigenous children. What do you think 
Alanis did as a filmmaker that really helped convey these messages so clearly? She gets down on the children's level and she talks to them. That equals, um, she's not afraid to talk to children. She's not afraid to ask them what they think about various situations. And in fact, I think she's proven to me and other viewers that children know a lot about what's going on around them. So in Hi Ho, Mr. Hay, and Our People Will Be Healed, she features children's, uh, children as activists and shows that they have a voice. And you can see the pictures of the children if you're able. Those children are the ones that she speaks with. Michael, any final thoughts on the films and their director, Eleni Sabomsuin? So all those films were made in the 10s, um, 2015, 2016. So it's possible that some things have been updated, but most likely there's still a lot of struggle and a lot of disruptancy with limited resources. I know that there's many reserves that no, don't necessarily have access to clean drinking water, as well as um, issues with regards to education and opportunity. So I think she would still be making films on these topics and I really hope that she continues challenging us. So I hope we can all keep those in mind for tomorrow. Michael, thank you for making time for us today with your reflection on these films. Uh, We really appreciate it. Have a nice day. You too. Thank you very much. That is Michael McNeely with a reflection on three documentaries by filmmaker Alanis Abomsuin. You can learn more about her work at the National Film Board's website, nfb.ca. nfb.ca is where you can learn more about her work. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Ramia Amuthan. Join me weekly for AMI Audiobook Review, the podcast that explores new titles, introduces us to famous narrators, and updates what's hot at the Center for Equitable Library Access. Download episodes of AMI Audiobook Review from your favorite podcast provider.